And now the show that's all about real estate and a little bit about everything else. Hosted by two guys that are too embarrassed to admit in public how long they've been investing in real estate. It is the Investor Guys podcast with host Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills. Welcome to the Investor Guys podcast. I'm Kevin Mills and I have with me Bill Barnett since he <laughs> forgot his name there for a second. Uh, welcome to the show. We had we're a little frustrated. Yeah, a long time ago, actually. We had uh, we had uh, some technical difficulties this morning, so we're a little frustrated. But we're getting we've gotten through that, and uh, we wanted to talk about a, a subject that is going to be very very appropriate in the coming year because unfortunately the only victims of the coronavirus are not the people who have caught the coronavirus. It has made a huge financial wake of devastation with the shutdown, uh, quarantine, and everything else. And right now, there are things in place to keep banks from foreclosing and uh, landlords from evicting tenants, but that's not going to last forever. And if, if there's anything that we can see, uh, the government's not going to step up and, and do something. We've got one, not everybody, but some of you have gotten one stimulus check last six months it's twelve hundred dollars that breaks down to two hundred dollars yeah not me either two hundred dollars a month for the last six months of the federal lockdown if you think they're going to step up and they're going to offer to pay your mortgage or anything else that's not going to happen so we're going to see and this is something that we had talked about last week though and now we're going to see a lot of foreclosures starting to occur next year especially as we go through the different cycles that we normally see in real estate also uh, so we wanted to talk about foreclosures, and I'm going to hand the ball off to, to Bill and we'll be right back. Talk this much already. Yeah, so uh, we're going to see a ton of the foreclosure market. I think it's going to be yeah somewhere mid late summer, early fall. Uh, we're going to see the market, in my opinion, come to a, a screeching halt. We're already seeing prices go up. We're already seeing. Uh, excuse me, prices go down. We're already seeing the uh, days on market lengthen out. We're already seeing more foreclosures uh, happening. Now, what's in the market right now are properties that have, have already been foreclosed on. So when you're buying REO property, not new stuff necessarily, but the amount that has gone past the notice of default, which officially enters them into the uh, pre-foreclosure market. That says the bank or the mortgage company, once they file notice of default, they go, okay, uh, you're behind, you're not getting caught up, and we're moving forward. So all of those timelines that you hear about, you hear about 21 days in the state of Texas, shortest in the nation, true. However, they have to have certain notifications prior to the 21-day clock starting to count down. So it really ends up being three, four months. It's that way all over the country. Nobody's going to be able to, to file one and get one done uh, in a very, very, very short amount of time. However, it gives the homeowner an opportunity to get caught up, to rectify, to modify, to do whatever they need to do to save this property. And as you know, and I know from having gone through this before, whether you were in the real estate market or not, you saw it. And it's not going to happen for a ton of properties. And when you've got small businesses being crushed, this is the evil that is going on out there right now. It's not 
the big banks. It's not the big corporations. It's the little guys that are getting crushed. And that's what make, just makes me want to puke with everything that's going on because it's all extending this nonsense with the coming back online because it's not going to hurt General Motors and Ford and Apple and Amazon and Walmart. It's not going to kill those. It's going to kill all these little mom and pop restaurants, all these little mom and pop shops. And that's what they want to have happens. They want to destroy business in America because mark my words, they're coming after our property next. Once the guns are gone, private ownership of property is right down the line. And I'm getting fired up and preaching here. You better get that sure that you get some business going so that you can get away from having all of this control on you. If you're working for somebody else, now you're taking a government check, man, let's get out there and get standing up so that we can do something different, not have to rely on the government. A good way to do that is to be participating in the foreclosure market, whether it's been foreclosed on already, then you're just dealing with a bank or a mortgage company or the government. If it hasn't been foreclosed on already, you may be able to help somebody save some of their credit. You may be able to help them save some of their equity because look, once they get foreclosed on that equity has gone. So they could have a significant amount of their personal net worth tied up in their home. And if they do get foreclosed on, all of that disappears. So one of the things that we try to do when we're talking to people that are in pre-foreclosure is join together and work together to overcome the foreclosure so that we can stop it first and then so that we can save whatever uh, credit they have left. And we do that by working with them. Now look, they have to get out of the property. I don't mess with it. You do it however you want to do it. Kevin will agree with me. You don't want to leave them in the property. You're going to get, uh, you'll get burned 99% of the time there. Uh, and the reason that I don't do that is look, this bank or this mortgage company that is holding their note uh, is a significantly larger legal entity than I am. And they've already shown they're not afraid of the bank or the mortgage company, whether it is circumstance like what we have right now with a million and so people, uh, circumstance or not, they just can't make the payment. That's not gonna start magically because now we are the note holder. So we own their note, not gonna change anything. So I don't mess with anybody. And I just tell them upfront, look, you've got financial problems. I get that, been there, understand it. Not, don't have any issues with that at all. But I can't afford for your financial problem to become my financial problem. I can do everything I can to help you out of this and to find a way to straighten it out so that you can move forward, but I can't afford for it to become my problem. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk to them in pre-foreclosure when we can. Uh, and a lot of times there's a reality check that has to happen for people. They have to understand that this isn't changing. The only way that it's gonna change is that there's gonna be a big check written to their bank or mortgage company to catch up the mortgage. Banks and mortgage companies don't want these properties. They would much rather have the notes reinstated and have those loans start performing. So once we understand that, and homeowners sometimes have a really hard time with that. Once we understand that that's not the mode of operation for the bank or the mortgage company, 
then what we can look at is, all right, how do we come around to making this thing work? Now, again, I've already said they got to be out of the house. Now it's just a, a process of how much money do I have to put into the property to stop the foreclosure? And that just becomes a line item, just like if you were doing a rehab or a flip property, everything on your budget is a line item. This catch-up money is a line item. So I'm looking at a normal, whether I flip the property or not, I've got to go through this mentally, have to go through this flip exercise to see what the profit is in the property. So I want to look at, all right, what's the ARV on it, the after repaired value. This is not a hard process. Just want to look at the ARV. I'm going to get that from the comps. What's this property going to be like in tip-top shape? Not what it's like today. I need to know what it's like in tip-top shape so that I can see is there an opportunity to increase the value here? If there is, then I'm interested. If there's not, there better be a massive amount of equity in it. And unfortunately, the only way it's going to get our interest in it is some of that equity is going to have to be walked away from by the homeowner for us to be willing to come in and catch it up. So that's what we look at, Kev. We want to get in there and get it stopped and then see where we can go from there. Let's take a quick break here, Bill, and we'll come back and we'll resume this in just a second. Whether you are a new investor or seasoned investor wanting to add high-performing real estate properties to your investment portfolio, you should consider joining Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills at their next Real Estate Buyers event. Real Estate Buyers events are five powerful days aimed at putting performing properties into investors' portfolios. Learn from Bill and Kevin in markets where they actually invest. Learn the strategies they use, where to buy, what to buy, what not to buy. Actual resources and personnel on the ground to start building your team and supercharge your investing efforts. Learn more at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. Are you ready for a real estate investing program that is so powerful it is guaranteed? A program that is backed by a double your tuition back guarantee if it cannot make you into a real estate investing millionaire. Learn more about the Guaranteed Millionaire Blueprint at guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. That's www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. One more time, that is www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. Learn more about how this powerful program can teach you all the strategies, formulas, and numbers that you need to put to work for you to turn you into a guaranteed real estate investing millionaire. I didn't even set my clock. That was probably one reason why. Yeah. We're back. We're back. And, uh, and welcome back. <laughs> so, break. Uh, just before the break, Bill's going over. Well, actually, I'm going to rewind because before the last topic, you brought up a good point. And we have the ability to bring our economy back ourselves. If you are sitting at home on your couch waiting for that next stimulus check or collecting that unemployment with the $600 extra that ran out. Uh, if that is what you think is, is the right thing to do, that is not going to build our economy. 
we have the ability to get out and do something ourselves to build this economy. I have seen people, and we've talked about this before, Bill and I, uh, people are now doing face masks with different things on it. We are capitalizing on the situation at hand. And I, if you're doing something like that, I think that's great. If you're those crazy faces, the clown faces, and still on the faces and everything else on the mask, it makes it fun. It, it gives people a chuckle. That's awesome. If you're charging $20 for a mask because people can't find it someplace else, then, then shame on you. You're not doing the right thing. We have the ability to get out and make our economy better. If you're sitting on your butt and doing nothing, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. So what Bill was talking about just before we went on the break is do your numbers. You have to do your numbers on every single property. It doesn't matter what strategy you are using. It doesn't matter whether it's pre-foreclosure. It doesn't matter whether you're buying it off the MLS. It doesn't matter where you're getting this property. You have to do your numbers. The numbers have to work. If it doesn't work, walk away from it. I'm sorry for the person who's losing their home, but it has to work for you. You don't need to lose it also because it doesn't work for you. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is you catch a pre-foreclosure in a lot of different stages. And Bill probably, like myself and other investors, have caught it before they've even gone to NOD. A lot of times the homeowner knows, well, every time the homeowner knows before the situation gets bad. A lot of homeowners are responsible, and I, I say homeowners, property owners, okay, because it's, it's not just it's not just residential properties, it can also be commercial properties, it can also be investment properties. I've got a lot of investment properties, investors who decided they investing wasn't for them, they didn't know how to do it. Um, they saw on the horizon that there was going to be an issue and they needed to get out of the property. They were able to use the same kinds of strategies. And Bill, because I'm working on a program that's similar to this. Talking about today, I actually got together some photos that I wanted to show it and even just tell me little stories on here. Now, this particular house right here is in Dallas. In fact, this gentleman down in the bottom right corner that's Oliver, he is the uh, property manager that I had in Dallas. His company is no longer, he, uh, he moved someplace else. Uh, this is a condo complex in Pasadena, California. Actually, let me go back real quick. The story on this one, okay? Lady owned this really great lady. Her name was Claudia. Uh, she knew that she was going to be facing foreclosure. She actually moved out of the property. She was already out of the property and placed it with a real estate agent who realized that he wasn't going to be able to get it sold. He was trying to do a modification. Um, but he couldn't do a modification. He was trying to do a short sale. He had three offers that were rejected by the bank for short sale. So he contacted me, he said, I don't know if there's anything you can do with it, but if you can, I would like it. I'd like you to do something because I don't want her to have foreclosure on the record. We were able to take over this property. Oliver is taking pictures of it there because we listed it as a rental property in Dallas. This one in Pasadena, the gentleman who owned it, uh, wanted to quit his job. He wanted, he hated his job and he knew if he quit his job, he was not going to be able to pay for his condo. So the deal was, I did let him stay for one month, okay? While we were doing all the paperwork, he was getting all of his stuff packed up, moved out, and looking for an apartment. He moved out, I got the condo in this beautiful building in Pasadena, California. Uh, this particular property is also in Texas. It is in Rockwall, which is a nice area just outside of Dallas, right by the lake. Uh, this was purchased by 
investor, his name was Brandon. He lived in Austin. He had tenants in the property, but he was driving back and forth every time there was an issue from Austin because he was managing the property himself. Now, Austin and, and, and Rockwell, they're both in the same state, but they're still about a three hour drive. So he's driving three hours each way, four hours, I guess, if you drive so much bill. <laughs> I guess he might be four hours, because Rockwell is a little bit outside. Yeah. Um, he's driving each time to take care of issues. His tenant was moving out. He did not want this property anymore. He did not want to have to deal with the tenant. He did not want to have to deal with his property. I wasn't going to tell him the answer to his problems were to hire a property manager. I sat down with him, we did the paperwork, and I took over this property in Rockwell, Texas. This is actually just down the road from where I am now, except I did not live in Florida when I purchased this. This was a condo. This was also an investor. This is in Boca Raton, Florida. This is where everybody on the East Coast wants to be. This was owned by a couple, um, Bill and Erica. And they lived in Boston, Massachusetts. In a similar situation, they had a tenant in the property was actually a long-term tenant. She had lived there for five years. Uh, they were able to get things done pretty much over the phone. Like when she needed a plumber, they would call a plumber. When she needed this done or she needed that done, they would try to do it over the phone from Massachusetts. But they did not want to have to deal with trying to find another tenant and continue to go through that when this tenant was moving out. This tenant had already given notice. So they gave me a phone call and they said, hey, what can you do with this property? So. There was enough equity in it, and it was great enough property, and the rents were high enough, and I literally contacted a property manager, which I did not have at the time, in the Palm Beach area, and she said, oh, yeah, I can rent that. That's great. That's a great property. I can rent that property. So we took that property over. It took all of about eight days to do this one. We actually took it over before the tenant again moved out. This is actually in San Clemente, California. That little woody thing that you see there in the corner is one of my vehicles sitting in the driveway. I used to live in San Clemente. A couple of these houses, in fact, one of the houses that I lived in for years in San Clemente, I picked up with this exact strategy. Uh, you can't really see how big this house is. It's about 5,000 square feet and it has a view of the ocean. Um, the neighbors across the street, I knew the neighbors and these people had tenants. Chad and Marlon were people who owned the property. They had tenants in the property, and the tenants found out that Chad and Marlin were not paying for the mortgage because they started getting notices at their house. The neighbors across the street knew me and talked to the tenants. The tenants didn't want to deal with it, they just wanted to move out. So I contacted the owners, Chad and Marlin, and we were able to negotiate a deal with this, and I was able to help them keep their own house in Foothill Ranch by helping them set up a mortgage modification. Now, these are really, I mean, very real. All, all of these five properties, okay? These are just five that I came up with really quick. Real examples of thinking outside of the box a little bit, but catching them before they went even into notice of default or into pre-foreclosure, but using the exact same strategies. And we're up on a break here. We're up on a break. Uh, hang with us. We'll be right back with more Investor Guys podcast. Kevin and Bill, we'll be right back. Hang on.
The Real Estate Buyers events hosted by Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills are the most powerful way to put high-performing investment properties into your portfolio. Investment properties that exceed 50% or greater annual ROI in markets where Bill and Kevin have actual real estate investing experience. Get the resources, find people on the ground to add to your team at the next Investors Real Estate Buyers Event. You can find out more information at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. Are you ready to learn the strategies, numbers, and formulas that are so powerful they will turn you into a real estate investing millionaire guaranteed? A program that is so powerful, we offer a double your tuition back guarantee if it does not make you into a millionaire. www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. Learn how you can be a guaranteed real estate investing millionaire with powerful investing strategies, formulas, and numbers. www.guaranteedmillionaireblueprint.com forward slash webinar. Welcome back to Investor Guys Podcast. Kevin Mills, Bill Barnett here. Uh, Kevin's going through five properties, six, seven properties that uh, he's done recently and showed us some pictures there on this very strategy, pre-foreclosure strategy. So, Kev, I'll hand it back over. Nice job. It's, my point that I want to make is a lot of people, Bill and I have talked about this even on here on the show, a lot of people, they spend a lot of time running around buying lists. If you get foreclosure lists, you default list that's a, a good way to find a lot of these properties um, but a lot of a lot of my best finds have been me being proactive me putting out ads me putting out feelers and having people bring properties to me because they know that this is something that i'm interested in i literally will whenever i want to do this i will run ads in markets where i want properties because i buy in multiple different markets i will run ads markets where I want properties and I will get phone calls. I will get so many phone calls and so many people that are interested. I have to turn people away just because they're not all great deals and just because I don't have the time to do them all or the ability to do them all. I also have former students and real estate agents that I've worked with in the past who bring these deals to me because they know that these are things that I'm interested in doing and I get paid well enough to do that. Um, Bill, you're in. You audioed out there for a second. Just asking for, for your, uh, your opinions on all of these things and, and how you do it. Yeah. So uh, I heard you say that uh, you do outbound marketing, and that's really when we get into more of the pre-foreclosure environment, uh, as we are getting deeper and deeper into it, that becomes more and more a viable alternative to everything that you've been doing when the market's hot. When the market starts to cool and this – this uh, scales start to shift from hot market to a market that's getting cold, then it, we have to be more proactive. We have to be the ones that reach out. Uh, I like doing, uh, Kevin talks about doing ads. I love doing flyers in neighborhoods where we'll just go in, I'll pay uh, a kid, uh, and typically now it's getting to be an adult, um, but we'll pay 15 cents a flyer. Sometimes I get it done for 10, but 15 cents a flyer, uh, and in that flyer, it'll just be a, basically a Bill Buys Houses flyer. 
and they go up and, and they'll uh, sometimes tape them on the doorknob. That's typically uh, what we're doing now, or, or rubber band them around the doorknob. But we'll get out and just let a particular neighborhood know we're looking for property here. Love this area. Uh, we were talking about uh, one of the subdivisions the other day, Kevin and I, I, I it was probably, it's a, a mid fifties subdivision in the Fort Worth area. And it probably had six or 700 houses in it when it was really built. It is a gigantic subdivision. Those are the kind of areas that I love to go in, blanket. And once we do a flyer, then about two, three weeks later, we'll follow up with sending them a postcard or I'll follow up with sending them a direct mail piece. So I have four or five different things that I like to do when I'm attacking a neighborhood. And that's how I look at it. Or we'll call it farming a lot. I, I think it more of I'm attacking this area. I'm, I want property here. I'm going to stay focused on this. And so every two or three weeks, all of those homeowners in there will get something from me. It's very inexpensive to do when you start looking at what we make on one deal. Uh, so if I have to put up a few hundred dollars on the front end, I do that because if I get one transaction, then it's a huge, huge home run return on investment. So I'm always trying, so I'll do flyers. I'll have them. Sometimes they'll stick my business card out. We'll do postcards. We'll do direct mail pieces. And once we go through all of that cycle, we just start to cycle back over. Because look, it's just the more people see you, the more they see your name, the more they see your company name, the more they understand you're part of the market. One of the things that I always harp on when I'm doing letters and postcards is that I've been in this business, in this area, I've been in the same zip code and up until last year, I could say the same subdivision for over 30 years. Uh, and now it's in three different houses in that subdivision, but People like to know that you're stable, that you're going to be there. You're not brand new from a standpoint of being in that market. It's okay if you're new into the game. We can help you with that. But you got to let them know that this is who you are. So when they start thinking about real estate, they think about you. And it's that consistency of the market that lets them know, hey, I need to call Kevin. I need to call Bill and see what they think, see if they can help me. And, and it's, it's marketing. It's marketing one-on-one. The more you put your name out there, the more these people are going to recognize and see you. And your benefit for doing this marketing is not just for pre-formed closures. You're saying, I buy houses. So you're finding houses that are flips that don't have you know any notices of default on them. You're finding people who have to move out in a hurry because they were offered a job someplace else. They don't have the time to, to deal with it. You're finding multiple different types of properties in a market or in Area subdivision, as Bill said, that you're interested in. One of the things that I do, and Bill said, we send things out all the time. I, I send things out, but I send out like I call them cookie pens. Okay, it's got it's a wide, fat pen, and it's got like a silly, googly face on it, and the, the hair is crazy. And it's an eraser for the pen, and I send it out. And on the back side of it, it has my information, and I'll mail that out once or twice a year. And it's something people use and they write with. It's their cookie pen. The kids are playing with it. You know, it's it, my name is on the back. They know when they see that cookie pen who gave them that cookie pen. I will do the same thing. I'll send things out to them that are things that they're going to keep. Uh, a magnet calendar on their refrigerator. Um, I work with marketing companies in an area that will actually 
contact the local pizza restaurant, local restaurants, that kind of thing. The calendar will actually have those advertisers on the side of it that my name will be in the big part of the top that says my, my houses. Uh, it could sit on their on the refrigerator for a year, for two years, for three years, for four years, for five years. Every year they get a new calendar. And then five years later, they're like, you know what? I never thought of it, but I've been staring at this guy's thing now and I'm ready to sell my house. Let me give him a call first, you know, because he's been there. It is consistency. And if you have an, an area that you want to farm, like people was saying, be consistent. It doesn't have to be expensive. Those are cookie pens cost me less than two cents a piece. It costs me more to mail them out than the actual pen. Uh, do a bulk mailing campaign. It's not that expensive. It's less than 20 cents per, per piece. Um, there are ways to Get ahead of it. What's that? We're up on uh, up on break here. Time to uh, wrap up this episode. And uh, thanks, everybody, for being part of the Investor Guys podcast today. Kevin, uh, as always, thank you, brother, for sharing your insights. And we will see everybody Wednesday. Guys, take care. Learn more about the Investor Guys podcast, including upcoming events and appearances at www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's www.investorguyspodcast.com.